Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now this is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks. Absolutely be to God. You know, I got to say that this is one uh, phenomenal story. I absolutely love the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. You know, I'll start by saying I've been asked before in my life, maybe once or twice, uh, Donovan, who in the Bible would you say that you're more like? What person do you identify with the most? Who would you say kind of exudes your personality a little bit? And because I want to be a good pastor and a good Christian, I automatically automatically default to who? Jesus. But I got to tell you, my wife is in the room and she would probably say that that's a stretch for me. Okay. (laughs) So let's just, let's just go and ride with aspirations for a while. I absolutely love this guy, Philip, because Philip is an incredible leader in ministry. Jesus is of course who we aspire to be like, but I got to say, Philip is a runner up. I just got to tell you that he's a runner up. He's a runner up for me because he's a faithful guy who was chosen by his neighbors, neighbors who he loved and neighbors who loved him. He was commissioned by the first group of disciples and apostles who were preaching the good news in in and around the temples of Jerusalem. And then as they were preaching, they were looking for somebody to help the widows and the orphans who needed some food and needed talents to provide for their homes. And because they couldn't find anybody, they did a, a small search for a couple people who would be faithful men to go and serve the widows and the orphan. The community, the neighbors of people who were gathered to hear the good news, almost by default said, Philip, it's the guy Philip. He's the most faithful. He's full of the Holy Spirit and he's full of wisdom. That's the guy you want 
on your pastoral team, serving and loving on others. That's where we kind of get the the deacon role in the church. He was one of the first deacons. I absolutely love Philip and Philip's story. And he inspires me, especially in this story, because he took seriously the call to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to send him into the nations to reach people for the sake of Christ. Philip, this, this loving guy who loved his neighbors and who loved God, who was a faithful guy, who was chosen from his community, took seriously the call to go to the uttermost parts of the earth to reach the uttermost people. He took seriously the call of Jesus Christ, the commission that Jesus said to do, to be filled with the spirit and to go into Judea and Samaria, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. He took that quite seriously and he was faithful to his call. He was called by Jesus to go and fulfill this work in the world and he stuck to it. He'd go to Samaria and preach the good news in Samaria. We've heard Jesus, heard of Jesus reaching some Samaritans who uh, were some of the most marginalized people in society. Some people who uh, were monopolized and were greeted upon. People who were preyed upon. Philip was sent to go and do ministry with those people, and he was successful at it. He was so successful that the, multi, that the number of disciples began to multiply in Samaria as they had their hearts open to receive this good news message of love and of salvation and of redemption. He was an exciting guy. He had a lot of woo, I would believe. He was a guy who could win the hearts of people, and he did it with the Samarians, with the Samaritans. But then he was also called to do it for this unlikely candidate to be welcomed into the kingdom of God. We'll hear more about that, but I want you to take three things away from Philip's life, from Philip's ministry. This faithful guy who was called to service, who was called to love, who was called to love his neighbors. Number one, I would say be faithful to God's call. I believe God has a call on each and every one of you here today. And I say be faithful to it. Live by it. Stick to it. Just like Philip, because you never know, too, when you may be called from among the congregation by the elders and commissioned to go into the world and to love your neighbors in different ways or to love your household in different ways. And then number two. Be sensitive to God. Be sensitive to God's voice. Be sensitive to God's spirit and who God may be calling you to reach and what God may be calling you to do. Because what God calls you to do may perhaps change the entire world. So what's the point, Pastor Donovan? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) That our faithfulness is important to God's overall plan. And God calls for each of us to participate in this plan so that we too, like Philip, could reach uttermost people in uttermost places. Amen? Amen. The call from God, as Pastor Donovan pointed out, is for us to be agents of God's kingdom and to go and preach and to go and be and to go and do, living out the scriptures and living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we go, we're being attentive and we're being faithful to that call that God has placed in and on our lives to go and to be the bread of life for someone who is hungry and to go and be the bread of life for someone who is longing for sustenance and substance, to go and be the living water with and to share that living water with someone who is thirsty, whose mouth is dry and whose soul is parched.
This story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip is a fulfillment, is an embodiment of this call from God. This eunuch wasn't just any eunuch. He was a high-ranking official in charge of the entirety of the queen's treasury. And he wanted nothing more than to worship in the temple of God in Jerusalem. And so he and his entire entourage of folks, it wasn't just him, it was an entire entourage of folks, made the several-week journey to Jerusalem. And as verse 27 concludes, it says this eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning home. Being from Ethiopia, he would have been considered an outsider, a Gentile among the insider Jewish folk. And sure, he could have made his way to the temple, but he would have been stopped at some point. He could not go past the Gentile courts and surrounding the entire temple is this lattice-like structure or a fence or a screen door that you could look through, but you couldn't go past. It was called the Sorg. It kept people out. It kept the unclean and the unwelcomed people out. And so if you were a Gentile or you were an unclean Jew who didn't go through the proper purification, there was nothing Further for you to do. According to the laws in both Deuteronomy and Leviticus, even if this eunuch was a Jew and even if he had gone through the proper purifications, he would still not have been permitted entry because he was a eunuch. If he tried to go any further, he would have been killed. Even after the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ, people would still go to the temple to be in the presence of the Almighty, to be and find forgiveness and acceptance and to enter into a right relationship with God. But for this eunuch, he was prohibited. He wanted nothing more, and there was quite literally nothing he could do about it. No offering he could pay for, nothing he could exchange for, no offering large enough or expensive enough to make him worthy enough in the eyes of the law or the religious officials. Do you get that feeling that this Ethiopian was no stranger to rejection? No stranger to being shut out while the rest of the world was being let in? No, you can't come in. You have to stay outside. My friend, the drive to belong is the strongest in all of the human psyche. It hounds us all throughout our lives. We want to know that we make a difference. We want to know that we are heard. We want to know that we are not invisible. We want to know that we exist. As the eunuch was on his way back home from the temple, he's sitting in the back of his chariot, and some random hitchhiker, some dude, is passing his chariot. This dude. How many times can I say dude in a sermon, right? Three. Four. This dude is on the side of the road, and it's Philip, and he stops. The hitchhiker is stopping, wanting to talk with the Ethiopian eunuch, and he says, listen, I don't understand. He's reading this passage from Isaiah 53. I don't understand, which opens the door to insight and illumination. Finding out that this outsider could be an insider, that this one that's deemed unaccepted is able to be accepted. It was God opening the door from the inside. The Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip, is there anything to prevent me from being baptized? He was asking if he could fit in here. He was asking if there was a place at the table for him. He was asking if he could belong to the company and the way of Jesus. And right there on the side of the road at a rest stop, not in the usual high holy places in Jerusalem, but there at a rest stop, this Ethiopian and this follower of Jesus announced to the world that no one, not anyone, was unacceptable to God. 
Philip and he went down to the water, to the pond, and they got soaking wet, reveling in the ability that God's ability is able to do for us for that which we cannot do on our own. And that's good news. Amen? In our own brokenness, in our own outsideness, who am I to say, Philip says, who am I to say no to when clearly God has already said yes? As we ask, can we be included? Can I be included? As the world may say no, God says yes. Friends, sometimes when our ability, when our strength gives out, our own brokenness is simply too profound and our ability obstructs and abandons us, we have to allow others to be in ministry with us and for us. That's why we come to church. That's why we try to come into the kingdom of God to be beacons of God's light and love and hope in the world. It's not about our own qualifications or our own presets. It's about the one who invites us, the one who holds that invitation, the one who invites us to come and take that place at the table, the one who invites us and calls us to accept our acceptedness. Amen. What an incredible story, right? Two strangers meet, both out of their obedience to a strong nudge from God, one in his faithfulness and one in his questions. Two people who could not have been more different from each other are called and sent to this moment to which they both said yes. God brings them together in more ways than one. They are together physically. God says, go to the chariot, join it, and Philip goes. He doesn't just walk there nonchalantly, he runs. It is that important to be that obedient to God. The eunuch then invites this now unexpected, out-of-breath stranger to get into the chariot with him and sit beside him, not in front of him, not behind him, but beside him, together in that space. They are together also spiritually. Philip starts where the eunuch is already reading in Isaiah 53 and does not say to him, oh, it's so much better if you start at Genesis. Let me control this. And there wasn't even a New Testament to which they could turn. Not yet. And then the Spirit of the Lord uses Philip to bring to life the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ from a few verses in Isaiah 53. So that Philip is enabled to meet the eunuch right where he is, spiritually and physically, in that space and bring the gospel to life in a way that it had not been brought to life before. They are together by the end of the story for life eternal. Imagine that. Through a roadside baptism, they are now brothers in Jesus Christ. Side by side, not only in the chariot, but side by side now in the water itself of baptism. And not only now in this God-designed moment, but side by side in the kingdom. God was up to something good that day by putting these two strangers together. And thank God, Philip dropped his agenda 
to be on board with God's that day. It works like that a lot of times, doesn't it? One of my friends who was a full-time missionary says she often hears God's voice say, are you about done with your agenda right now so we can get on with mine? And thank goodness Philip said yes that day. And the eunuch did too. It's not, it's not likely that something like this would have ever have happened without God's intervention. Strangers meet by God's agenda in a strange place and read scripture together. And though they are so different, they leave in many ways united as one in life through Jesus Christ. Pastor Donovan, likewise, also got a pretty strong nudge from God a couple of months ago. Go to a wilderness place called Ebenezer in a community called Stafford and join it. And Donovan said yes. And he came running, not walking nonchalantly. Have you met him? I don't think he does anything halfway. (laughs) And now it's our turn, who were already in that chariot, to open the door to him and his family and invite them in. To sit with us, not in front of us, not behind us, but side by side to see where God will take us together next. I'm looking forward to that so that we can meet each other where we are in this church, so that we can go out into the community to meet others where they are and bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to life in ways people have not seen it done before. Amen? Here's to more meetings between strangers at God's designed appointment. Here's to more people feeling like they are side by side, united as one. And here's to more making of disciples. So we get to end this story with a beginning and let God write the next pages of it. May we be as faithful as Philip. May we be as faithful as the eunuch to what God is up to in our midst with whomever we meet. And wherever it is that God sends us together, let's ride in the chariot and see what God will do with us next together. Amen and amen and amen.